Hey everyone, Robin Openshaw here. Welcome back to The Vibe Show. Today I've done an interview that I think is gonna blow your mind. Uh, you've probably seen videos that Dr. Carrie Madej has done. She's a, a Michigan-born uh, physician. She has had to flee the United States really for her own safety because she was sort of accidentally invited into meetings where the whole play of the cabal that we've been talking about for nine months now was was kind of laid out. And I don't know where they went wrong thinking that she's the kind of person who would fall for it, but she says pretty much all of her colleagues in the room were promised a seat at the elite table if they just followed the agenda. And we're gonna go through that today. She's gonna to talk about what she thinks is really gonna happen with the whole vaccine program that is rolling out as we speak, as we recorded this today. But she went to a medical school in Kansas City University. Then she did an internship at a, the medical center in Columbus, Georgia. She did an internal medicine residency um, at Mercer University in Macon, Georgia. And then she's been um, a private clinician and a medical director of different clinics all the way up until 2015, but she has for several years been in the Dominican Republic and she does a lot of charity work and she also does telemedicine with, with I think, certain patients in the United States. So she comes out of, uh, she was an attending physician in the Pennsylvania College of Osteopathic Medicine. And so she has been very, very brave in not just standing up and speaking up about her research on what's really going on in the vaccine industry and what's been going on um, for decades in this very corrupt industry. But she was actually awakened when she was a teenager and she started looking at the tetanus vaccine. And my own story, sort of, we quickly found some common ground there that the tetanus vaccine, she discovered um, that the story that we had been told about it was completely false. And so we'll get into that and then we really go down the rabbit hole. I'm excited to introduce her to you today. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. So welcome to the Vibe Show, Dr. Carrie Madej. Thanks for having me. Well, it was amazing to meet you at this Florida Freedom Rally. We hadn't even lived, we hadn't even lived here for a week, and we were invited to it. And our our old friend Del Bigtree, who we had flown in for some of our uh, big demonstrations in Utah, was there. And so we were like, let's get in the car and drive. And and I especially wanted to meet you because I had seen your videos, and they're very articulate and very credible on the actual risks that we have that we're facing and the controversies of what's going to be in these vaccines and what the real agenda is, because it's not simple to parse it out. There are a lot of questions, and I know that you're asking the questions. You don't necessarily have all the answers, but um, I definitely want to get into that. But first of all, with your you know, typical medical school training, I know that you're a very devout Christian. Where, where did you, along the line in your career, take these risks because you've taken huge risks. You don't even live in the United States now because it's so risky for doctors like you who speak up, who have courage, who, who rock the boat. Um, it's not very safe for people like you in the United States right now. When did you start to question and why? 
Oh, I started questioning things even back when I was a teenager about the tetanus vaccine. Um, you know, why did we take that? Because they told you you had this you know, there's a terrible bacteria in the soil that if you got it inside your body that you would start spasming so bad, the lock jaw that you could curl up in a little ball on the floor and suffocate. And I never heard of anyone dying that way. So along the, the lines of throughout my whole uh, education, I started asking people and looking for these real cases. Where did, where do they come from? Who was diagnosed with it? I never found one. It's just almost like this rumor gets started and propagated, but where's the science behind it? And then it all okay, ultimately- so We'll come back to, keep telling your story, but, but I, I got to ask you about tetanus because when my first child had severe vaccine reactions and I was very injured by a flu vaccine that I was required to get in graduate school, I had a I had an internship on a hospital. It was my dream job. And I found out at the last second I had to get a flu vaccine. I was already starting to doubt a little bit then, but not enough to say, nope, I'll change, I'll change internships rather than do this. Mm. And, and so I start started studying because my son was vaccine injured. And the only one that I felt, the only vaccine that I felt was safe enough that I would consider giving it to my child was tetanus because people generally do not die of the tetanus vaccine, especially if you can isolate it. However, the other crazy thing I learned, which meant that I then did not vaccinate any of my children against tetanus from there on out. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my research from literally 25 years ago um, about tetanus is that only 50 people a year in the United States die of it. And all of them are over the age of 50, which means that vaccinating a child as a, as a baby has, it makes no sense at all. Since we now know that, that if there's immunity from a vaccine, it wears off in five years at the most. Am I wrong on some, all, any of that? I mean, well, the point is I've never seen and all of my uh, really good infectious disease attendings could never find one bona fide case of a tetanus uh, bacteria causing a death in the manner I, I described, okay? Not, mm-hmm. not one that was isolated by Koch's postulates, not one that was proven by a lab, not one that was proven by a blood culture, that that's what killed that person by the spasm in their body. So... That means there was never a bona fide case. There means there's no justification for the vaccine and that they were teaching all medical personnel for decades, as well as the lay people, that this is why we had to take this vaccine because there's lots of bacteria all around us, right? And of course, we can get a staph infection, strep infection in our skin. And probably this bacteria does cause a kind of an infection, right? And we can all die of an infection if it overwhelms our body, but that wouldn't justify giving this tetanus vaccine because there is no bona fide case of anyone dying in this manner ever in the history, okay, that we can isolate by science. So that's that's the truth. So if it does, if it does not exist in that manner, why do we give it? There has to be a reason because it's not just one, it's boosters. And so I just happened to notice in my training that one of the hospitals by chance had a protocol where they did not give everyone the tetanus vaccine, only people with private pay. The ones that were on social welfare did not get it, but they got the rest of the vaccines. And I noticed that they were fertile, fertile, fertile. They could have 10, 12 kids easy with poor care, poor care, poor nutrition. The people trying to take care of themselves had really a lot of problems. I thought, huh, wonder if there is a correlation with fertility. And sure enough, you can do a search and you'll find that, yes, since 1972, National Institute of Health, as well as other organizations around the world, 
have been putting the pregnancy hormone inside the tetanus vaccine purposely so that when you became pregnant, your body would attack and either not let this fertilized egg implant or just abort it um, within the first month. So the woman would never know she's pregnant, but she just couldn't get pregnant. And we know that even if you get the tetanus vaccine while pregnant, you have a high risk of abortion. The body will attack the own pregnancy. This was actually... um, acknowledged by the National Institute of Health. And they said, yes, they had been working on it for decades and they felt like they had perfected it. They said the more inoculations, the more vaccines you got, the more likely this would take, this could take place. Um, and so uh, they did, they, they, they admit to doing it in Kenya and India and also Latino countries. There was the, the Vatican found that out because they were only giving the vaccine to women of childbearing age, nobody else, no men, no kids. And when they had to analyze, sure enough, here's the pregnancy hormone inside of it. So here we go. We've got a vaccine that for decades now has had an all other purpose altogether. And it's not about this bacteria, this mysterious bacteria that may or may not exist, may or may not cause illness, but it definitely doesn't cause the illness they tell us it causes. But it also is absolutely made for another purpose. Now, whether or not this is released in the United States, I couldn't get data on that. It was just my observation, but hey, they're coming from the same manufacturer line. So they have been doing population control via vaccines, admitting it, and you can still find this on a Google search. (laughs) They're not even trying to hide it. So that got me to say, well, I need to really do a lot of critical thinking. And I I had good teachers. So I always look for the causes of things. And I discovered, wow, a lot of my cancers, they have a chronic infection and a chronic prominent toxin in discovering where these came from and why weren't people discussing it. And I found out, well, they don't want you to know that. They don't want you to know that a lot of the blockages in the arteries are caused by a bacteria that comes from the mouth. We have studies to prove that. Pfizer was actually behind it. Pfizer knows that. Pfizer had a study out like 10 plus years ago showing how there's a bacteria they could isolate from the dental that goes into the, the val- inside the uh, blood vessel wall. And of course, the blood vessel wall would get weak from this bacteria. So the body's smart. It makes cement around it like a plaque. And that's why we get plaques because the body is very smart. And they realize, well, let's give them azithromycin for the streptococcus bacteria. And the study was going fantastically well. People's uh, blockages were shrinking. The problem was they stopped the study abruptly because some people's blockages disappeared. They went away. They cured them. When this happened, they said, we were never to tell anybody, forget about it. They threatened even the drug reps. They threatened everybody in the studies. Our um, training facility was part of the study as well. They told us if we told anybody, we, we would never work again because the point was, if there was a cure for something, how would we make money? This is what we discussed as physicians. They said, if you admit and tell somebody they can be cured of heart disease, what will we do for a living? What will we do? That was actually coming out of the mouths of all the physicians. And so this will tell, just those two stories tell tell you quite a bit there. One, population control for decades, lying to all of us. Number two, here's a drug company that's got a, a vaccine that's pushing right now around the world, telling us, as well as the other physicians, don't you dare tell we found a cure for something. You can never find a cure for something or we'll lose money. We won't have a job. And that was just a little bit of go. So that just gives you intro of how I, and I've never, I never did cave into that. I never 
did cave into, you know, you'll never work again with blackballing. I, I still spoke up for my patients. I still did the right thing. And of course there's repercussions for that, but I would rather uh, go somewhere where I have more freedom of speech and still um, stick up for patient rights than, than to go against my ethics and morals and do something where I'm hurting patients. And so what kinds of um, sanctions did you experience along the way or what kind of battles did you have that had, that had to have just been one thing after another. Oh yeah. I mean, I had the center for disease control, public health departments, county, statewide harassing me, um, internal investigators, um, the government, um, all kinds of nice things like that. Um, insurance companies, I thought would be fantastic about this because I was saving them. We were saving them money, the clinic, and they were, but then, you know, they have contracts with drug companies and things like that. And so they were getting heat. Um, you know, people didn't need their drugs anymore. It's not good business, good for business. People didn't need their transplants. Um, some people's hearts would remodel themselves to a young, healthy heart. You're taking away the cause. The body knows how to heal. I don't know how the body heals itself. It's miraculous, right? I just know the blockages. And so finding these out, you'd think everyone would be excited. But in the end, it's all about money. It's just a dollar and it's about making people sick and maintain sick for money, regardless of what pain it causes anyone. It's just money. And of course I was, I was uh, told to stop testing people. They didn't want people to know about these kinds of infections out there. And then they told me to stop treating them because they're getting better. I actually had some people tell me that they were getting better, right? Um, and then I didn't give the vaccines out because I, I, I had to tell them by law, I would say by law, I have to tell you about the vaccine, but I don't provide it here, but here's the, the vaccine. And the patients didn't want it once they knew a lot of the risks, right? Um, and they were healthier not getting them. But then I was ultimately penalized financially because they had a new payment system where they wouldn't pay you the full amount for each patient visit. They'd pay you maybe 50 to 70% of the visit at the end of the year. If you gave enough vaccines, you got the rest of your money. So pretty much they stole the money from me because I wouldn't give the vaccines. So I got like $175,000 you know, less every year, which is huge running a private clinic. You can't sustain yourself that way. So yeah, lots of lots of things like that. You know, as as a mom, I was I was kicked out of a pediatrics practice when my third child got an ear infection, and and I would go in. She had repeated ear infections, and I would go in and say, "Would you just look in her ear, please?" And then give me an antibiotic. I never gave her an antibiotic. Never gave any of my children an antibiotic in twenty five years. But I wanted them to look in the ear, and that's all I wanted. And I went there with this third child who had chronic ear infections and eventually had tubes put in her ear. I'd way rather have a 15 minute surgery than the repeated antibiotics that other people did. And I knew enough by then. I'd been learning a lot since my oldest son was vaccine injured. And I started to really question the way modern medicine worked. And I started to really educate myself. Well, they kicked me out of the practice and they're literally looking in her ear and they're like, is she fully vaccinated? And I said, no. And and this this physician said <sighs> to me, well, why not? And I said, uh, by my choice. And she said, well, you're not welcome here then. You can, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, I'll give you the antibiotic prescription and you can watch it like you said you're going to do, but, but you're not welcome in our practice, you and your then three children. And so I took my children's records and I left. I cried all the way home. She said, I was just angry, you know, and then I wrote them this big long letter, which they never answered, but it basically said, you know, 
because I said, why? Like, why would you kick my child out of your practice? And their their argument is, their argument is your child is a risk to the other children in our practice. Well, that's a really easy cop-out um, answer if you don't have critical thinking skills. And even though I was a young mother in my 20s, I had enough critical thinking skills to say, but wait, which I wrote them, but wait, <laughs> if your vaccines work and all your patients are vaccinated, why is my unvaccinated child a threat? Yeah. to you or your patients that we might walk past in, in the lobby. Of course, they never answered me, but so what's the real reason just lobbing you this softball? What's the real reason that they kick kids out of their practice that aren't fully immunized? It's money. It's all money. Your dollar sign, you and know, so because it's... they have to have it at that time, which was at least five years ago, was 75% of the patients had to get all of their vaccinations. Um, which okay, I so think would be, if you don't have at least 75% of your practice vaccinated, then you get docked by the insurance companies. That is correct. Meaning it's not that you're getting, they act like you're getting a bonus. You're not getting a bonus. What they're doing is they're not paying you the full amount of your visit that you're supposed to get paid. You're getting, you're getting payments taken away. And so that at the end you get the rest of your payments, which they call a bonus. It's not a bonus. It's just a full payment. They withhold it until until you get vaccinated. And they know that a private practice cannot survive with that. We know we don't have a really big, um, you know, window uh, or a big, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, margin there. Profit margin is very small. Um, and then if they, they, most pediatricians actually, in, and family practice and internal medicine like me, they actually work for hospitals now and organizations because they can't survive privately. And if they were, once they go to that route, they have zero autonomy. They, they might just have to tell you that just because they will be fired instantly if they don't tell you that, or they'll get their license taken away because now they follow the suit or the protocols of that institution. They no longer have any autonomy as a physician. You know, and, and I'm about to do a podcast episode, probably in two parts of the experience that John and I just had trying to fly home for Thanksgiving and being kicked off the flight and banned for life on Delta, where I was a platinum medallion and had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on Delta in the last 10 years. And they turned the entire, made a very unsafe situation by turning and, and creating a mob of all the people on this jumbo jet and deplaned everyone, deplaned everyone to disinfect from us because my mask had fallen below my nose. Like it, it's like, Insane. it's not even a believable story. Like I have to tell the whole story for it to even be believable, but I'm going to tell the story again today on Sherry Tunpenny's yeah. uh, show. Like I did on Dr. Eric Naputi's show a couple of days ago. Um, and the reason I'm even willing to tell my story is that there's, there's things that people need to be aware. Of. And you just talked about how in the medical system, and I don't think people are connecting the dots. So let's just connect the dots for them. I've been telling them, hey, I used to teach at a university level, civics, American history, political science. And what you just described is actually communism. Yes. And what, what I believe is happening in the airline industries, I believe that they've been bought up by, I don't know if it's Chinese interests or just the globalists who Bill Gates, et cetera, do not want you to have any freedom. They want you to have their slavery, which they say will make you happy. You won't own anything, but you'll be happy because they'll guarantee that you're healthy by giving you lots of injections of all kinds of garbage that you don't have any say about. But um, you, you, what you just described to me is like they frame it as it's a bonus. They call it a bonus. You are a smart enough physician to know that's not a bonus. It's a penalty if you don't do what they want. Very similar mm -hmm. to um, what we saw in the airlines. You don't, in the free market system, okay, opposite of communism, <laughs> at least in terms of financial systems, mm -hmm. 
in the free market system, you have to compete for passengers. You have to offer a service. You have to treat that that customer well so that they fly on Delta again rather than American or SkyWest or whatever. And that appears to me to be gone. Yes, you're right. When you take when you take a, a a frequent flyer who has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars with your company, and you stalk them for ninety minutes across multiple concourses in one of the biggest airports in the country, and you bully them, and you break U.S. laws, and all all rule of law is gone, and you even create a mob against them, and then you throw them out and, and ban them for life, but keep in mind, we didn't swear at them. We didn't threaten anyone. I've never had an incident in my life. The worst thing I've ever done is get a speeding ticket 10 years ago, right? When you do that, it's because, and I, and I said to um, Dr. Naputi, I said, I am convinced that this man, Brandon, who had been empowered by Delta, if he had been given a stick and empowered to use it, that we would be in, in the hospital right now with broken bones. And every American should, should think about that and maybe make a parallel here to what you just told us about the um, medical system, which I bet almost no one knows listening to this because we don't, we don't have these inside details, but I'm trying to wake Americans up to how we are. We're not, they're like, oh, we're going to, we're getting socialist. No, 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 no. We've been fully socialist. Now we're moving terrifyingly into communism because communism, instead of having an incentive in the free market system of if you do a good job, you'll make more money. If you do a good job and work harder, you'll have a nicer house. You know, there's, there's incentives. Now we're working on a penalties system. Why do you work? Because you don't want to get beaten. Mm-hmm. Why do you, why do you do what they want? Cause you don't want to get kicked off the airplane and miss your connection. Or killed. Um, in that's my, what, that's in, on doctors and, and doctors you go against. I had actually, it, the crowning moment, the ultimatum was I had two different people from very respected people high up who warned me that my physical well-being, welfare, and safety, those were the exact words used, were in grave danger if I did not stop doing what I was doing. And all I was doing was being a good doctor and diagnosing and getting the labs and treating them for that and, and telling them informed consent. I did everything you were supposed to do. So they were telling me to not be a good doctor which again, that would be a felony, right? They're telling me to commit a felony. And I, I took the heat. I took the warning because of a lot of things that were happening. And that was sad that I, I left. But I, the sadder thing was all that my colleagues, a lot of my colleagues who were similar to me, you know, they're not alive right now, mysteriously. People need to know that. I mean, it's, it's not just financial. I mean, people who speak up a lot, they, uh, yeah, you get threatened in other ways too, because, you know, think about it. I tell people like, they think, well, why? Well, why? Think about it. Pharmaceuticals, medicine is the biggest industry in the world. Definitely it trumps the oil industry. Think, look at it now. Look at what we're dealing with now. Look at uh, Bill Gates said, wow, it's the most lucrative thing he's by far ever endeavored into is <laughs> vaccines above and beyond technology. Well, they're combining them now, but yeah. Well, you have a you have a demographic to sell your product to that is every single human being alive, <laughs> especially the ones coming right out of the womb. Yep. And- and it's it's never ending, right? Uh, gosh, I forgot how very little you know we got when we were young, and then seventy two, seventy six doses now to one hundred and twenty six soon. 
Um, and then the CDC said by the year 2025 to 2030, 50% of all children will be somehow on the autistic spectrum uh, that are born. Uh, I mean, what is going on? It's not, it's a never ending cycle. Do you think that they want everybody to be autistic? I mean, yeah, we're coming up on some studies are showing like what one in 20, I think one in 20 something in New Jersey um, of children under the age of four. Maybe, maybe you have recall of that study, but 20% of boys right now are on the autistic spectrum. 20%. Wow. That are born. And black boys. Yes. Are are well, there's a specificity for African-American boys. So we know that there's already a genetic um, targeting going on. We can do that. They've always been able to do that. It was proven that there's genetic targeting. This is where people should be really mad at. These are the people really that are racist. These are the people really uh, out there to do genocide. And, and why are we protesting in the streets and going crazy over that? Those are the enemies of the public. Those are the enemies of the world. And we're screaming it and showing you proof and showing you data and people just turn their heads. What will make them see? I just, I, I, I mean, I, I just try my best. I know you're trying your best. I just hope we can get more people to wake up. Yeah, every day, every day someone reaches out to me, people I know, people I don't know who follow me and say, are you worried about your safety? And I say, uh, that doesn't even, yes, but it doesn't even make the top 20 list of what I'm worried about. I wrote my safety off a long time ago. Like if I'm a sacrifice for the cause and all I am is a vehicle to help wake people up or help save people from this or whatever, whatever I am able to do. I mean, I already raised my children. I'm pretty expendable. So let them come get me. You know, nobody's I feel a hundred percent like you. I have no fear anymore. I mean, because what I have to fear is letting the, the plan go ahead as it is. Yeah, I, I'm not afraid to die. I'm afraid to suffer before I die or not being allowed to die or being taken away where I don't have the right to think, the right to, to love, the right to you know, do what is, makes us human. Um, no, no, they don't have the right to do that to me. And I, I will fight for myself and for everybody else as long as I can, because what else is there? <laughs> well, thank you for, for being a hero. I know that there are lots and lots of people who are choosing to be silent hoping that they get an, an, more bowls of gruel than we do in the slavery system or whatever. Well, they're you misinformed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And they're so wrong. I mean, I told, I think I told you, or I spoke at one of the um, talks there about how all these minions, minions. Okay. I go to these meetings because I think they're looking at me. They see that I, when I'm doing medicine, like I told you about before in my clinic, they see that I am not I'm not backing down. I'm not condoning. But they saw that I had some skill set. And so they're like, well, let's try to recruit her, right? If you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. And so that's where I unknowingly walked into these meetings, being invited to them, where they're recruiting for these crazy uh, one world, agenda, new world order agendas, right? How to control people. And the other yeah, minions- Yeah, you, you told me that you were shocked that they had invited you because you were sitting there going, uh-oh, what have I- 
<laughs> what did I walk into? Do they not know who I am? Yeah. I've, I didn't know if it was a mistake. And then they would see the look on my face going, oh, she's like, you know, attack me because I am like the enemy or, you know, I stand for everything that they don't. Or perhaps they thought they could just get me to condone seeing who else, or maybe they thought they could just tempt me with more promises of, oh, I would be above the uh, other people, the world, you know, these are the promises they give you. Oh, you won't be part of the, the culling. You won't be part of the rest of the people out there. Um, but really, okay, did they say that? Because that's literally my number one question is how are they getting all these people who I used to think of as good people to just start spewing the propaganda head down? What are uh, they, what are they because, saying to them? I want to know. Because they're like, so now, you know, and if you're part of the plan, like you're, you're part of the doctors, scientists, tech, wherever, if you're part of it, implementing the, the, it was only implied. They never said it out loud that then you control, you're, you're helping to control what happens to the population, but you're, you're going to be separate from that. Now they never came out and said it outright, but that was the implied idea. And so I was laughing to myself. I'm like looking around and I call them minions. I'm like, you do not see that you are part of all of it, that you cannot control a supercomputer that will be controlling all this. You don't stand in the way of that supercomputer. You will be one of them. You will be one of us, right? So that's how stupid the other people were in the room. <laughs> to me. Uh, but okay, they... because that's, that's, that's my question. So I have assumed that that has been my theory. Cause I've been evolving this theory for nine months, watching this insanity and just watching my colleagues fall one by one by one and start, you know, applauding for the vaccine and, and saying, we need more contact tracing and just falling for all the nonsense, <sighs> even though Unbelievable. if they just got a little bit outside of mainstream media, they would be bombarded with information yeah. that would be that would be terrifying to them for about the future of mankind about the the future of their children. So I have assumed that they've basically been told, listen, what's coming is there's going to be like a tiny fraction of 1% of us. They're going to have all the goods in the world. We're going to have free reign. We're going to be able to do anything we want. We don't have to follow the rules. And then there's going to be all those other suckers. There's going to be all the other slaves. And you get to choose which one you're going to be in. I don't think they have to threaten their children. I don't think they have to pay them millions of dollars of cash. I think that's all they'd have to do is go, you know, you have a choice. You're being offered a spot in the top 1% of 1% that's going to rule all the slaves. Which one do you want? Is that basically what was going on in so many words? Some of the meetings were implying that, I have to tell you, they didn't come out and say it outright. That's why I think these other people were so stupid because they're not, they didn't even promise them that. They didn't even promise them that. They were assuming this, like, how stupid can you be? The other thing is what I think it's more the issue is that people right now, they're shocked about that their world may not be anything what they thought it was. And it's too much of, uh, um, it's just too much a shock to their system. So what do people do when they're shocked like that? Well, some will recover and start to think and, you know, try to figure a way out. Others are just go into this, this catatonic phase mode. What I, that's what I think most people are. They're just so shocked. Okay. It's not happening. It's, it's this, I'm going to pretend like none of that's happening. And if you're, you're, you're telling me it is get away from me. You're the enemy. You're the enemy. I'm the enemy, right? Because my little world has to stay as it always was and always should be. And so if I think it's this way, it's going to be this way. I honestly think it's more that. I think okay. that's their coping mechanism that they have to believe that their world, that the, everybody loves all of us and that they want the best for us and they're about for, for hu humanity. I honestly think that's more the reason. 
So a lot of who's being assimilated into the Borg, if we use that metaphor, are people who are just, they can't, they can't wrap their mind around how truly evil this is and how planned this is and how many people are involved in, in truly bringing us slavery and communism 3.0 and the, and the global governance of the entire world as, as we watch them crushing the United States. I, that I relate to that. I relate to that, Carrie. I have tried to wake up like people, like the closest people to me, like employees in the very beginning, I was calling this out as a lie at the end of February. And I don't know if you, you probably realize how early that was yeah. and approximately no one was with me. <laughs> sure, and yeah. I was getting mass unsubscribes and I would post on, you know, the green smoothie girl page where we have like 210,000 followers or whatever. And it would just be nonstop abuse. I mean, I, so I was yeah. already calling out before the two weeks to flatten the curve. But then when two weeks to flatten the curve happened, I was, my brain was exploding. I was like, Hey, Hey everyone. Hello. (laughs) This is a lie. This is a lie. Do not accept the lie. There will be more lies. And, and every single thing I've predicted has come true, except, and except I had, I had said that by the end of the summer, I thought, you know, the airline industry would be bankrupt and bought up by the Chinese or nationalized or something. Well, now I think that that has actually happened. You just don't know about it. Like oh, whatever happened what? there. in Delta, because I have a Delta flyer and I went home not that long ago. And when I came back, so many employees were brand new Chinese people. I'm not, ta- I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, they had probably just came from China Wow. and they were all training all the Chinese people in this international airport in Atlanta. Whoa, tell me more because Atlanta is where our nightmare happened and we were literally yeah. thrown out the night before before Thanksgiving, told don't even so, bother getting on any flight. The guy literally said, don't bother getting on any other flights because we're all connected now. Okay, you putting the dots together here, everybody? So there is, uh, which was weird because um, I know that there was not any direct flights to San Domingo and that was the first time ever ever traveling that there was not a direct flight to San Domingo, only Punta Cana, relatively cheap. Okay. Um, and then when I went to the airport, I'm like, this is weird. It was eerily quiet. It was mostly just Delta and international, of course. And so, uh, going around, I was seeing, why is it taking so slow? There's hardly anyone here. Oh, there's just Chinese. Okay. That's fine. Another Chinese. Okay. Another third, third, and then checking in two Chinese people. Now they're all being trained by the regular Delta employees was five in a very empty international airport. No, maybe it means nothing, but they weren't like American Chinese. They were from China. <laughs> Pleasant, smiling, <laughs> but well, I, lot, you know, who knows? A lot of the American Chinese here are, um, are not American citizens. There's, you know, everybody just got hijacked in this discussion with Donald Trump. And I don't want to go too far sideways about the wall and keeping the Mexicans out and whatever. And that whole political debate went on. And, um, we were like, my husband and I were like, um, there's way more Chinese here (laughs) illegally than Mexicans, everyone. Hello. (laughs) So, okay. I really want to get into, cause you've, you've done a lot of brave, um, speaking up on, what you think is going on with the Moderna vaccine or the Pfizer vaccine. If you want to talk specifically about either one of those, I'd love to know more. Yeah. Well, those are modified RNA vaccines. And um, yes, they can change your DNA. No matter what you hear, there are ways that they can change your DNA. 
and they're lying to you and you sh- everybody should stop right now. And if they think that these companies are telling them the truth, we have so many examples to show that they're not. So the RNA can change your DNA from many mechanisms. One, if they make it small enough called a hairpin, it could go into the nucleus and yes, it could become part of the genome. Uh, number two, if there is something called a reverse transcriptase enzyme naturally in humans, and also it can be introduced through a virus like HIV. But we also have them inside our body, so it can work backwards in time because reverse means reverse. So if it works backwards, it actually starts to code for DNA, which then goes back up into the DNA because it's going backwards, not the other way. So if it goes backwards, it can be taken up into the genome. Surprise, surprise, right? Also, just know that Derek Rossi of Moderna, they founded this company because they were so excited. He was able to take a skin cell, a skin cell, that particular skin cell, and transform it, made it into a stem cell, a totally different cell. He made one cell turn into a different cell only by using modified RNA. So those are just some really easy um, in simple explanations I can give. There's even other ways that it can do that. And then, you know, I don't know if you heard that clip by Elon Musk, because now he's in the vaccine industry. He's got the creepy clip. Uh, you should play that for your audience because uh, he's saying, you can take, you, you can turn a person into a freaking butterfly. Those are his words verbatim, using only modified RNA or modified DNA. He uses the word synthetic. And that's what our vaccines are, synthetic. He said, you can do anything you want with, with, the, with synthetic RNA and DNA. You can create anything you want. That's, that's terrifying to us. That's your and my worst nightmare because we know that you can't pull the human species back from that. But it's, excuse the vulgarity, this is a G-rated show, but that is a, an Elon Musk wet dream. And yeah. also a Bill Gates wet dream right there. That's, that's what they want. And I that's, think they've that's already the tasted... Industrial- They've already tasted the hydrogel. They've already <laughs> they already linked themselves up to Neuralink. That's why when they say these things, they don't seem quite human because they aren't. I think they've already dabbled in their own experiment. That's that's my okay. That's not fact. That's just my <laughs> assumption. You know. Well, I think there's I think there's a lot of us wondering as we look at um, Nancy Pelosi, as we look at Mark Zuckerberg, something very weird strange. is going on. Not it's right. Very strange. As we look at um, Melinda Gates. Bill not Gates. right. <laughs> uh, it, there's something not right. Hillary like Clinton, almost I mean, switched to sexes there. Like she looks more manly. He looks more feminine. But oh, maybe that just happens. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, talk, talk just a little bit about that because I had um, Kent Heck and Lively plant that seed on this show that blew my mind many months ago when when Judy Mikovits's book came out and our, our my interview with Judy Mikovits got six figures in downloads in a matter of a couple of days and. So I wanted to talk to Kent Heck and Lively too, because people are so fascinated by her work and, and her courage and speaking up about the stuff we're all supposed to be quiet about that Anthony Fauci is selling us. Um, and Kent Heck and Lively said, I don't know if you know of any evidence of this, but that if you are injecting a, a vaccine that has tissues, RNA, DNA of the opposite gender, because we, I think everybody on this show by yeah. now knows that there are abortions in the vaccine, yeah. um, that it could be causing a lot of the gender confusion. And I know that that's not a popular thing to call it. We're just supposed to embrace it and let tell the kids when they're 10, what ge- gender they feel like. We choosing. can do anything like that. Yes. You can silence and knock out genes. You can do all kinds of crazy things like that. I mean, there, that's a whole other thing, but you know, we can do so much in science and that's the problem is that 
the general public in the world has been hidden about the advancement in our technology. So when we're saying these things, they seem so outrageous that they can't be true. However, we've been hidden from what we can do. We can do even more crazy things than they are telling us right now. Um, you know, what Elon Musk said is true because I went to a scientific meeting where they're talking about how they could take an earthworm and do this kind of CRISPR technology, which is what they're introducing with the modified RNA and the modified DNA vaccines. Same thing. By using that, they can very shortly change the earthworm will look like an earthworm on the outside. In the inside, it's all whole, whole genetic code will be a fruit fly. Any organism in the world, they say they can do that too. We're organisms too. They can replace your genetic code with another one. Uh, I mean, just, you know, with people who get stem cell transplants for, let's say, like leukemia or something, we've seen that, like, for a man who happens to still be fertile, his sperm is the sperm of the donor. They, so he has a child with a woman. It's not really his child. It's the, it's the genetic code of another man that gave him the stem cells. I saw I saw a study, um, and maybe Kent Heck and Lively pointed it to me. I don't know about uh, a man who had a bone marrow transplant, and I want to say a year later, eighty percent of the DNA in his body, in and he was tested in various places in his body, in almost every area, eighty percent of his DNA was the donor's DNA. Yeah. So this shows so. you how you can we can do this with an animal. This is how the chimeric, chimeric means splicing together two different species. When we're using chimpanzee, we're using rats, we're using uh, army worms, uh, God knows what else. Literally, I think Elon Musk wasn't lying about this butterfly thing. I mean, we're getting into insects now, into the vaccines. This is crazy. This is going into the Bible. If you don't know the Bible, read it because you'll be shocked. It's telling you history's repeating itself in the days of Noah. I mean, we had chimeric things going on back then. We had splicing and dicing of different species together. And here we go again. We have, you know, people in power. That's what I'm back up one second. When I met and went to these meetings, I was introduced to, recruited to, what was more impressive than the the knowledge and the data that they're presenting was them, them themselves, their intent. What was their motivation, right? And the one quote I always tell people was uh, Dr. Craig Venter. He says, what is God? God creates. Now we can create, so now we're gods. And that was the theme of the entire symposium I went to. Same thing with this kind of uh, biotechnology, the biosensors. It was about, you know, most of us are useless eaters, <laughs> you know, and, and we need to Kissinger be- quote. Uh, Kissinger quote, be- everyone, and he's still in positions of power. I think he just got fired by Trump. Uh, I mean, we need to be, uh, we're like cattle, a lot of control, and we need to be tamed, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm that, that part I'm paraphrasing. The other ones were, were quoted. Um, but you see them, and they're like the real-life Dr. Evils. And they're, they have this technology without the wisdom. And yeah. so now we're, we're going into some dangerous, t- it's like a toddler with a, an explosive in its hand, right? That's mm-hmm. what I equate it to. Mm-hmm. And so it's up to us to say, stop trusting these idiots. We, we have power. We are so many of us, right? And, and the other thing about the vaccines, let me, I'm skipping around, but I wanted uh, that last part. And it was, was not about just the, the DNA, the genome. We know for a fact they are using nanolipid particles, polyethylene glycol, 
all these splicing together. And if you look at it, it's, it's a subcategory of something called an hydrogel. And if you look up hydrogel and DARPA, DARPA is a military agency. They created that with a company called Profusa. It has innumerable things it can do. They are going to be injecting it in a large scale, probably for the first time ever into humanity. And that scares me maybe even more than the, the DNA modification. Because if they can inject enough of it, we don't really know what can happen. It is a sort of, uh, in the, for layman's per terms, it's a, a computer or a little tiny microscopic robots, right? That can do innumerable things. They can be, you know, accumulating your data. They can be sending data. They can be receiving data like a smartphone inside your body. They also can generate electricity. So you could be your own battery, right? But that's a problem because you generate heat. But good thing to know, hydrogel can cool you down because it accumulates water. So they're thinking about all this. If you look at it, it attaches to your neural network. So this is like a way of you becoming part cyborg or growing into a cyborg without you knowing it if you get enough inside your body. And you can actually become your own battery power. The more activity you do, the more activity of thinking and all that actually creates uh, electrical output voltage. Um, and it can be a cooling agent too. This is completely frightening. Okay, because they- well, Because that's, you're, you're, you're talking about what their intent is. That they're, they're imagining this- and they're um, disrespecting and disregarding the realities of the human body. And I think what will really happen before they have these magical fourth industrial revolution mergers of human beings and technologies is they'll have they'll be killing us with misery from autoimmune diseases, cancer. Uh, we won't know what we won't even know what gender is anymore. Is that is that your? It's, it's taking too? away. It, we are, we are looked upon as a monetary commodity pretty much. And if you listen to them enough, that's really what they equate us, the little people to. And how do we get us to be more productive and more, uh, you know, it's not just about money, right? How much money can you have? It's really about control as well. How do you can, and it's almost a game, you know, how do we, how do we get people to do this or that? So there'll be constant surveillance on us. They can manipulate people into acting a certain way because one of the meetings I went to is like, we need to make the people of Atlanta nicer and we know how to do it because we're doing it for the good of the whole. They just, who voted on that? Nobody, except for these megalomaniacs in this meeting. It, they, it reminds me of, you know, when you were a kid, I'm sure I wasn't the only one who um, would be out walking on the street and I would see an anthill and I would kick it. I kicked it over just for the entertainment. And this maybe made me a sick little kid, but I did actually, as I got older, develop a conscience even towards ants and think, why, why would I kick that anthill over? They've worked really hard to build that anthill. Yeah, they're just ants. Yeah. But I honestly, like that's the metaphor that runs through my head as I think about them. And because I have all the same questions, like what is their motivation? How do they justify this? Do they have a soul? Do they, do they feel any guilt for, or do they just see us as the useless eaters or worse? just ants. And it's entertaining to kick over the anthill because anybody who's kicked over an anthill knows that what happens is all the ants just, they, they, they just go crazy and they're running around, they're bumping into each other because they don't know what to do now. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's, that's us right now. And so you and I are trying to organize people, trying to speak up, trying to shine a flashlight on some parts that 99.9% .9 don't know about. Yeah, I mean, we have a window of opportunity now before a lot of damage happens because if 
whatever is in this Pfizer vaccine, what I, they're not telling us the exact ingredients, the exact percentages, and we need to know that. Okay, but what I could glean from what they did say was that there's two different of these kinds of nanolipid particles that are hydrogel-like, two, okay? Also, something to help stabilize it once it came out of the cryo-freeze. <laughs> cryo-freeze, think about that. Why would we ever need a vaccine that was cryo-freezed? Something is alive, people. <laughs> well, that, you know, that makes sense because I just, Sherry Tenpenny texted me last night a little video of a, of a vaccine exercise and it was all these U.S. military, um, they're, they're, they're in full, full gear and they've got their masks on and they have this deep freeze that's like negative 122 degrees and they have to act really quickly and they're running around and they're doing all these ridiculous yeah, things. Yeah, it's cryo-frozen. They're just, what they're doing is they're using all these, because I was like, wait a minute, they're, they kept going, like changing their criteria of what the freezing point was until you start to see more of what they're saying. And what really gives them away is they have to have sucrose and these different, um, you know, uh, saline solutions in there. But the sucrose is actually key because when it comes out of the cryo freeze, you don't want to destroy because you could destroy tissue or destroy a structure. But with hydrogel, if you look at the data, when they use the sucrose, they can get it to still be, you know, uh, in its original shape, which is very important. So whatever it is, they're taking out of cryo-freeze or using the sucrose in it. Okay. But they're not giving me more data to really analyze it more. I do know that they're using like potassium chloride. And so we need to know the percentages, but those are key for operating um, electron or the, um, the uh, voltage gated channels in the cell to open these pores up. But you know, when you're opening pores up in your cell, these are your protective mechanisms. They could, other things can enter, other things can happen. Already this is, and also these are used for biosensors. So I had enough information from what Pfizer gave me as A, they are definitely cryo-freezing, something's alive. B, um, and they needed to preserve the structure. B, they are using materials in there that suggest they are using biosensors. They're not being honest with us. So that's also, that's also the hydrogel biosensors inside of you. Number three, it's very important. Why would they need a really cold temperature? So something alive, but also they just, in like around 2012-ish to 2014, they perfected a hydrogel because they had a problem. How do you get a hydrogel to be liquid in a syringe, but then become more of a structure in the body? And they perfected it. So there's um, a study out, you can find it where... And under really cold temperatures, they can make it liquidy in a syringe and it can be pushed through. And then once it hits body temperature, it becomes stable and it's stable for a very long time. So they, that to them, that was the perfect little concoction they came up with. But see people- How would we, how have, would we search for that study? I want to put that in the show I'll, notes. I'll, uh, I'll send it to you. Okay. We'll put that so, in the show notes, everyone. So- um, and then they also, Clarity Project is another important one to look up because DARPA military love this thing. This is how the, the hydrogel is able to be jelly-like in the body and goes only to the neurons, the brain tissue, and they can see everything almost like they could actually see like what you're seeing. It's crazy. And this is how you can remote control things like they do in the military, certain other pilot um, um, subjects, right? Um yeah, I'll send you all the information on the hydrogel, what the capabilities are. But looking at the ingredients already, I can see that some of this is being used. Now, when they're using polyethylene glycol PEG, and they are, 70% of people can have allergic reactions, 70%. So allergic reaction could be a little rash, a little itch, or you can have anaphylactic dye. 
I guess that's a chance we're taking, right? Do you so, think, do you think that as this vaccine rolls out, and I'm sure you're seeing the mainstream media, I I get CNN and New York Times in my inbox every day just because I need to know what it is they're saying, and it's it's just literally spreading not just panic about the virus, but now they're teeing up this getting people just frothing at the mouth, hoping that they're one of the first ones to get the vaccine. That's what it's all about. I I mean, my blood pressure goes up like 20 I, points within. I can't watch those because my blood pressure, I, I think I'll have a migraine and a stroke. I know. Because I yeah, I don't, I can't read the whole story, but I just like skim it so that I know like what they're doing. And it's all the same, right? It's, it's all just complete. It's like, it's like they're talking to fourth graders. You don't have to look at it for very long to see what they're doing. But um, what do you think they're going to do to cover up the that vaccine adverse events when they're they've been hyping that the that the um, the hospitals are full? They're not. The hospitals are all the the study data that I've been looking at, especially in Utah, where I watch it closely because I I help I really lead the freedom fight in Utah. Um, and now I'm involved in the in the Florida freedom fight, which looks very different because we have a great. We have a great um, governor here, and he's the only one that I'm aware of who has said there will be no mandatory vaccine on my watch. Yeah, uh, I believe that he's the only one. Even Christy Nome in South Dakota, she loves vaccines. Like somebody needs a call her. You you could probably disabuse her in 45 minutes of her vaccine love. I know Bobby Kennedy could. I've written Bobby Kennedy last week. I wrote him and I said, please, it's like save save thousands of babies in South South Dakota. You know, so I've been guessing that they are somehow going to call the vaccine adverse events COVID. How do you think that's going to look? Yeah, I definitely think that they're going to be the next COVID round. They're going to call it all COVID. Um, They're already starting to do that with just regular, in Michigan, I have family members. They're just, they're saying they have COVID when they're testing negative and they're just treating them even though they have something totally different. So you're starting to see the propaganda already like that, no matter what they have. I think you're going to see a lot more neurologic issues going on, more seizures. I think, I mean, what happened in Wuhan was not just what we saw here in the States, right? Something else happened there. I don't know if they were trying out that vaccine on some of those poor people, and maybe they did a little too much of the dose. What they're trying to do is they're trying to get a high enough payload with the hydrogel so that doesn't kill you, um, but it sets and makes, it's it sets up house in a way in your body. And then they'll have to keep giving you either uh, mini doses, uh, booster shots, or what they would like to do is really, they can desiccate, they can dry up the hydrogel and you inhale it. And that's what Craig Venter said. All of our, our vaccines will be inhaled. Okay. Those will be maintenance doses, but they're not able to get them successful with the payload first. So this is why the injections are needed first. Um, the Band-Aid platform is really good too, but they knew people wouldn't buy that up. They need to do the, that's where the syringes come in. So, but the maintenance would be through the inhalation. He said that me, like a, a internal medicine doctor, he told us all there, all of our professions would be obsolete very soon in our lifetime because we would just need vaccines. And we would code for all our medicines and all our vaccines because if you get enough uh, hardware inside you, you just need software updates, right? That's really what they're, they're talking about. So craziness. That's, um, that's the toddler with a handgun or what did you, how is it? Uh, explode, your... with, with, a, with a nuclear bomb in its hand. Yeah. Uh-huh. Walking around. And, and they don't even know exactly how this is playing out. I think they've got several different scenarios and following which way the herd goes. So who knows what they're they're doing? Well, another thing about fires that, are, that just very much worries me is 
Okay, so they claim they're only going to make us produce the spike of the virus, the one, only the one little part. So they're like, don't worry, you'll be producing part of the virus, but not the whole virus. So you're not going to get sick, right? That's their idea. Well, if you look at uh, the protocols written terribly, by the way, it's a terrible protocol. But anyway, if you look at the protocol, they have to tell you what is the code they're going to be inserting to us, right? Well, they give you the code. It's an accession number. And you look it up in the genetic bank. Wait a minute. It's the entire virus. How is that possible? They're only supposed to use a spike. And someone told me, well, that's because the spike's in the whole... No, no, because a proper protocol should tell you only the code that they will use. No one, everybody should be screaming because if this is true, they are going to introduce the entire viral genome into the person. That means everybody will start making the entire infection. <laughs> okay. And, and, and probably just a certain fraction of those who get the shot will get that one because otherwise the hospitals would be overloaded and they can't afford for it to be shown to be the vaccine. Like they Well, have I to... mean, who's really overlooking this thing? Do you, tr- I don't trust them. Do you, I want some independent labs reviewing and looking at this stuff. I want someone to analyze what's really in it because so far they have not given us the exact ingredients. So nobody really knows why would you put something so unknown, so experimental, so explosive? It has to be cryo-frozen. I mean, they even said, even with their supposed dry ice and their military kind of suitcases, that you could only um, use that for five days and only open it up for two times for three minutes a piece. If it was even three and a half minutes, it was done. Something's crazy. That is not normal. Moderna's does not follow that kind of a protocol, though we don't have any ingredients for them. They just give us some weird number. We aren't even allowed to know their ingredients, but they don't need it that cold. You and I can right now, if you go to thermofisher.com, you and I can order our own human clonal lines, cell lines. We can order the mice lines, and then we can order our own modified synthetic messenger RNA. You and I can do it. We can do it in our kitchen, okay? And guess what? I looked at the protocol. We just need refrigeration. Okay. Well, what the heck is going on with Pfizer? <laughs> I mean, why? Well, and, and Holly Toomey read the ingredient list and the re- the ingredient that says recombinant, whatever it is, recombinant DNA, she looked it up and it's a, she says it's a 14 week old um, yeah. Caucasian male abortion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I can order these cell lines right now on Thermo Fisher. Disgusting. And, and you believe, you believe that they're going to do something very innocuous at first. Like the first the first vax is really just to get everybody feeling like, hey, that was no big deal. The first one, but you think that it's just going to be, you know, yeah. whatever saline. I it's think basically so. going to be a placebo. I think so because so far, look at all of their track records. All of them have outright lied to us. Let's go back to the beginning of the conversation. I said since the early seventies, they've been lying to all of us about the intent of the tetanus vaccine. You think you're going to believe them now? Oh, yeah. Also in the Pfizer vaccine, we know that there's a syncytial or a syncytin, sorry, syncytin, which is a protein that is on a human placenta, okay? So that's part of this this vaccine, syncytin. So the problem is, again, that means it's like having that human coronic chorionic gonadotropin, the uh, pregnancy hormone inside of the vaccine. That means this vaccine could attack your placenta. Okay. Again, making you infertile. So there's, there's definitely an infertility agent. We already know that's been identified that on top of everything. 
Uh, going back to this nanolipid particle, if 70% of us are sensitive or allergic to us, we could have all kinds of different reactions to that. Whether it's just feeling fatigued, maybe something you know small or anaphylactic. We have so many issues. I mean, I, I, every day I look and there's another one and another. I mean, how I can't believe it. And I can't. I've wondered. I've wondered if this this long hauler thing that they've set up, which I don't. I don't think it's a thing. I think that there's lots of people who have chronic autoimmune disease and they're just sort of setting that up as a cover so that when people have all kinds of bizarre reactions to being injected with all kinds of bizarre things. They'll, they'll blame it on, oh, it's the, it's. Oh, they okay, already said know. that. Have you heard them say they already had underlying conditions that weren't already diagnosed? They've already said that with a lot of the um, research subjects that have had adverse events. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, already have. Which should, that should surprise no one. And but. you know, so many people are, have so much cognitive dissonance, they'll, they might probably buy that. Oh, I must have already had it. <laughs> it couldn't be well, for the vaccine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe you if I hadn't lived through the last nine months and seen what people will fall for and, yeah. and how much garbage Sad. people will, uh, smart people. I mean, I've lost my four closest friends over this um, because yeah. in the beginning, I mean, one of them's a naturopathic doctor. One of them was number one in her class, MBA school at, at Stanford. And these people are like, well, am I going to believe you or am I going to believe the New York Times? And I'm like, oh, okay. They can't, I mean, you're, you're asking them to question their whole basis of reality. Right. And most people can't, because if you, you, you got to look further into it. Well, why? You keep asking why. I mean, it gets, we get deeper down the rabbit hole. And that took me many years to process myself, you know, when I first uncovered this as a physician many years ago, looking at something called the Codex Elementaris, which is, was the prototype for all of what's going on now, and seeing how this, these plans have been in effect for a long time. And it's, it's hard to process that everything you've ever thought about your world is, is probably not right. Um, it is. I have a little experiment I have running and I've mentioned it to my audience several times that I have a friend who's super um, politically liberal and um, not Christian, which, you know, there's plenty of good people who are not Christian, but I, he he drinks all of the Kool-Aid and, but he's in our world. He's in the holistic health world. He's a vegan, longtime vegan, a uh, family, very famous for that. And I have just as an experiment, because my background is as a psychologist, just to, to test that whole KGB experiment back in the 60s where, you know, these, these, these test subjects were bombarded with a big, huge lie coming from a lot of different directions, a lot of different people packaged really well. And after two months of being told the big lie, it didn't anymore, it didn't matter anymore how much evidence to the contrary they were ever exposed to. You could, you could absolutely prove, you could trap them in a room with the absolute proof that what they were brain, brainwashed in was false and they did not change their minds. Exactly. They did not change their minds. Now, brainwashing doesn't saying. work on everyone. For whatever reason, you already had the background, so you didn't fall for it at the end of February. I, I guess I also had enough exposure that I was like, yeah. and from the jump was like, this is, wait, this is lies. We are being lied to. But, but I have been, it's, as an experiment, I stay in dialogue with him, even though it's very painful um, he'll go to the insulting conspiracy theorists, you know, the gaslighting, whatever. And I just stay in dialogue with him because I wanted to see if there's any possibility to, that he could be deprogrammed. And it was like, I would debunk every single thing he said kindly, gently with the kind of data he likes, which is, you know, published studies. And then, um, but his thing was he, he, all of it was gone. And he couldn't argue any of it, except he's like, but there are excess deaths. And I told him like, not on your Momo, there aren't. And finally this Johns Hopkins 
university study came out and it was censored two days later, right? But plenty yeah. of people had saved it. Now it's been republished all over. There's a video, there's the the whole the whole study, analyses of the study. They're all out there uh, in, outside the mainstream. Um, and of course, you'll never, ever read about it in the mainstream, but it basically said there are no excess deaths. They just yeah. traded off heart disease for, exactly. for um, they call it COVID. And I, I, I showed him that and I thought, well, Johns Hopkins University is going to be pretty. And he just, his, his response was, I still believe there's 300,000 excess deaths. So exactly. So I, I, I'm just, That's just my experience with people. It's my experience with people too, that I finally realized they're so brainwashed. It doesn't matter what you say, but this is their belief system. This is their, what they're going to do. I mean, yeah, it, it's true. It's crazy you, to see You and this. I are fighting for the people whose minds are still available to them. And I yeah. will, I will stay in dialogue with my colleague as long as he is willing to, um, cause I care about him and he actually is yeah. a little bit scared of vaccines. I mean, he, on the yeah. one hand, he says vaccines eliminated smallpox and polio and that's a whole other track. We won't go down you and I, but we both know that's actually not true. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, he's, but he also is scared of the, the of taking an experimental vaccine. He's at least, you that's know, scared of good. that. And so. Um, you know, the whole thing started, the whole conversation with him and me started is that he went out on his very large Facebook page and told everybody they needed to vote Biden Harris so that they would have a choice about getting a vaccine. And I was like, what? Can you give me any evidence of that whatsoever? Just like one shred of evidence that they want you to have a choice about the COVID. And he, he couldn't, he couldn't, he's like, well, they're pro-choice. So, and I'm like, oh, sorry, but all the pro-choice people, they, they all want, they, they're the, the choice, you, you get a choice to scrape your baby out of your body. But you do not, they don't want you to have a choice about that, the living babies or you as an adult getting exactly. injected or whatever. Well, there's 800 questions I could ask you, Carrie. And if you ever are, are like on a, a track of discovery and you want to share it with my audience, please come back. Please tell me and, yeah. and have you again, but tell everyone what you're, what you're working on and where they can follow you and, and learn more from you. Cause I know that probably most of my audience has seen you before. She's, yeah. if you're not, if you're just hearing this and not seeing it, she's this gorgeous blonde doctor. You have seen her before. You probably recognize her from her voice, but let's learn how we can learn more from her. Um, I mean, pretty much my YouTube channel is all about almost erased. So I'm just on the bit shoot and, you know, brand new tube and library, all the alternative platforms I'm on. I still have a Facebook page. I'm still posting on that for the people that are on that. Uh, serendipitygroup.org is my backup website. I'm on Twitter still raising hell. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't have any big plans yet right now. I, I plan to go back to the U.S. hopefully one more time. Well, you know, while I still can. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm just encouraging people to start going to each other's homes once a week, either praying or cooking together or just being together. Like that is key. We start being there for each other, making an oath to be there. Like if you were in trouble, if I can get there, I would go fly there for you. I would. Because that's if you know you have someone has your back, I mean, that's when we stand up for each other. That's when we speak up for each other. I would do that for people. I mean, come I, on, where where's where is that? Where's that sense of camaraderie of of fighting spirit? That's what we need to get back. I completely agree with you. Um, one of the things that was so devastating to John and me on that plane with 400 people is that the people were hearing my story as I begged the man to not throw us off the plane. And he took that as resistance. And they had heard the story where I said, please, we might not see our elderly parents again. With borders closing, we literally may not see our parents again. This may be our last chance. We are law-abiding people. We are wearing the mask. We have been wearing the mask. Please don't do this. He took that as resistance. And he turned around and he told this whole plane. And 50 of them had heard the whole thing. 
And he said, you know what, because of them, you're all going to have to deplane. We're going to deplane the whole plane. And, and they had an opportunity. They could have stood up for us and not yeah. one did, not one did. And so what has felt a lot better um, in the telling story when Dr. Naputi interviewed me and I told the story and I told him that is that so many people in the comments are like, I will stand with you, Robin. I will stand with you. If that happens on a plane, I will stand with you. And that was my objective in telling the story is we need to be thinking about, are we going to stand even at peril for our own, for consequences to ourselves? And I want to say this as a pledge is that if I am where you are, or if I can get to where you are, I will stand with you. I'm a hundred percent with you. I promise you that you get a hold of me and I will do everything I can to be there. A hundred percent. God bless you, Dr. Carrie Madey. How you spell her name, everyone, is Dr. Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E. Her last name is M-A-D-E-J. So look her up. She's a great American hero. Thank you for everything that you do, Carrie. Thank you, Robin. Hey, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed doing the interview myself. We have the Green Smoothie Girl Detox coming up. We tend to have people jump in and do the video masterclass. It's free. Um, They do it during December sometime and then they jump in the beginning of January and do the detox. John and I are doing the detox this year. The last time he did it, he only did the first two weeks of it and he lost lost almost 15 pounds and he has kept it off and he feels like a million bucks. And it really rewired his brain for how he thinks. I just got a text message Uh, yesterday from someone I haven't heard from in years, just a a Green Smoothie Girl follower who told me that her foot zoner was was just going on and on and on about the Green Smoothie Girl detox and about how how her husband is walking again because of doing the Green Smoothie Girl detox. He had actually done it um, two or three times, I believe she said. But we have stories like that all the time. We share before and after photos that people send us. We've never even solicited them. But people send us these amazing before and after photos. Usually sometimes they've done it like a second time or a third time in a course of a year. But we're excited to be supporting a group of detoxers again in January. If you want to learn about it, just sign up and and take the free video masterclass. At a minimum, I think that you will find yourself astonished at what you learn just from a free class about the process of human detoxification and what you didn't know about how your body detoxifies and how to optimize it and how to do it easily so that it's actually repairing, rebuilding, cleansing every single cell of your body. So check it out at greensmoothiegirl.com slash detox. Check out the free video masterclass at greensmoothiegirl.com slash detox. I'll see you in there.